Every Saturday from 10 to 11 here on 97.1 FM News Talk, we're talking about your health, things related to your health, uh, medical breakthroughs, studies that maybe came out over the last week. That's what we're going to do today. My name is Michael Jones. I got Eric Beto Robert running the board. What's going on? You're fading, man. I Listen, I uh, if I'm being honest, my heart was never really in running for president. <laughs> <laughs> Your heart was in a punk band. Is that's that right. That's right. I'm I'm really more into living it up on the weekends. Yeah. And uh, is it Bato or Beto? <laughs> well, I don't think it's either. Oh, okay. up until he started running for president. Uh, I'm going to call you Beto because that's just okay. it seems sounds more natural. So he's running the show over there, standing on the counters. That's right. I actually uh, I've, I've figured out a way to manage the board with my uh, <laughs> shoes on. <laughs> So I apologize to all the other producers here. but Hey, uh, today's one of these days, Eric, where we're going to go over a few um, studies that came through the mainstream media over the mm-hmm. last week, uh, and I think they're all relevant. We've actually talked about some of these things before. One of them is going to be, uh, it's going to launch us into next week. Sure. Because next week we have a guest host. We do. Dr. Dr. Joe O'Gile. That's right. From Clayton Sleep. Which means... Not only is it an easy week for you, <laughs> yes, because you're not going to be here, but Dr. Get this, Dr. Ojal, this week, and his team already emailed me of like three shows worth of show prep yeah. for you next know, week's show. That, he's a, he's a, that's a, that's a, what my kids call a try hard. Yeah. Because I email you articles literally as we're walking in the building. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but it's going to be great. So one of the articles, I literally, I just saw it this morning, just came out. Um, and that's when we talk about it, I think you guys will probably touch on it next week when he's in here. So anyway, look forward to next week with guest host, Dr. Joe Ojal from Clayton sleep. Hey, before we really get into it, do you know what today is? Uh, today is, uh, March or May yes, 18th. Uh, clearly I don't know what day it's it is. armed services day, oh, armed forces day. Absolutely. Yes. So this I was is actually good- on the phone with the gentleman yesterday who was in DCA, uh, the Reagan international airport over in Washington, DC. And in the background, all of a sudden, I just hear this thunderous applause. Apparently, a group of veterans had walked off of an airplane. It just—it nice. was so yeah. nice hearing it. It's like, that's happening somewhere. Today's that's one good. of those days where, uh, you know, if you think about it and you come across someone who has served in any capacity, really, uh, for this country, it's a good day to, yeah. to say, hey, thank you for what you're doing. Um, a bit on a personal note, um, the person in my family is getting ready to be deployed. Um, and he hasn't given me permission to talk about it, so I'm not going to sure. say who it is. But getting ready to get deployed in, the, in a few days and, uh, you know, a, a day like this is a good day to, to go out there and say thanks because I know I couldn't go do that. Yeah, yeah. Is your, now, is <laughs> I'm not the... courageous enough to go do it. And I'm glad that there are some people that are willing to go do it and, like, put their whole families on hold. Absolutely. And, and you know, this this person, uh, actually, it's, it's quite heroic what he did because – he he wasn't like a guy who went to like at eighteen was like I'm going into the service. Sure, he had a life. A he had a career. Yeah. <laughs> he has a family, 
And just the whole war on terror just really motivated him to say, I've got to do something. And, you know, there's so many out there that do that. Yeah. And we should be grateful to them. And I think we just, we're not well, you, <laughs> as a country. You, you know, you have, you have uh, a lot of types of folks who ultimately enlist or commission in the military and a tremendous, tremendous sacrifice on behalf of all of them. When you look at people who have made that choice that the first four or eight or even you know longer years of their life are going to be dedicated to this kind of service, the sacrifice in terms of delaying creating your family, you know, settling sure. in a sp- specific location to do that is tremendous. But then to have started that process and say, I'm going to serve. That's yeah. huge. Have That's a good off. job. Very good job. You know, have your, your, your whole path is already set. You think, okay, I've made it. I'm through college. I'm set. I've got a family. I've got these kids. And then just to be motivated by just patriotism and a willingness to protect is pretty special. Um, it does seem like in this country, we just don't, I mean, I, I guess we give it lip service, but I don't yeah. know. Yeah, you know, you have people, you know, kneeling in front of the flag, and and it, it's hard to take sometimes when you have family members that are actively out there risking their lives and like giving up their whole life. So anyway, uh, just Armed Forces Day. If you know anybody, if you come across somebody, if you're walking in the mall and you see someone, maybe today's a day where you yeah. go pat them on the back and say, "Hey, thanks," you know, for what you do. And and the reason I'm so thankful is I know I couldn't do it. Right. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then it's not. I would struggle. Not, yeah, I would, like if I they would. need a if they need a, a, a subpar Saturday radio show <laughs> we over could do it. it. Yeah, we could make that happen. All right. All right. But even that, you know, it, you know, it's not just the danger that they put themselves in. It's like you know, going away from your family for like a year. Yeah. I mean, the things you miss out on in the course of a year. Um, this particular family member is probably going to miss a high school graduation for one of his kids. Probably mm-hmm. going to miss a college graduation for one of his kids. All those things you give up. Just the distance being away. So even to go do a Saturday morning show, yeah. if they told us we had to go away, I'm still not sure I would do it. I, uh, <laughs> I, you know what? We'll tape that. <laughs> That's right. We, That's right. we got that. So I'm very thankful that there's heroes and, and courageous people out there. I mean, really are. It's you, you couldn't get more uh, heroic than doing that. So thanks well, to all of our all the and, all the armed forces. And at this point in time, you know, there's there's real movement happening both in the Middle East and you of know, course concerns in <laughs> yeah. Korea. You know, this is not uh, just peacetime. No, it is something. Uh, it's real sacrifice on every level. Of course, the closer his deployment ga- day gets, every day the news gets a little worse, yeah. and he just makes everything a little more stressful. But um, so anyway, thanks to all the armed forces out there. It is Armed Forces Day. Thank somebody that's serving. Uh, we do appreciate it all. Um, maybe today, not don't kneel for the national anthem. I don't know if that's still a thing, but maybe could, today, not doing that. Well, thank goodness that fad passed. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I hope so. Gracious. Hope so. Yeah. Um, so okay. So thanks to all those. I want to get that get that out there, and uh, good luck to uh, to everyone that's uh, serving for us overseas. Um, today, Eric, we've yeah. got a couple articles that were just in the mainstream media. I think you're going to f- reliable. I think, oh, yes, right. I think the trust in media is like at twenty percent or something, or maybe it's even lower than that. You now. know what? The the thing is, is the media is the fourth estate, right? They, they they've yeah. always wanted to have, and they've become a fifth be, column. <laughs> yeah, they they want to be on par with other branches of the true government, so they're going to drive their popularity to the same level as, as Congress. That's what I've decided. They're trying to. <laughs> I say, think it's it might actually be below Congress now. I don't know. It's pretty. It's I mean, they're in a run. They're in the running here, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Well, one of the things we do, Eric, when we pull these articles from the mainstream media 
is we try to deb- if there is spin that's put on it, we yeah. we will go back because a lot of times what they'll do is they'll pull a study and they'll take the headline out of the study, but they won't dive down into the uh, into the numbers. That's right. Um, and you know what? What you have to do, you have to do that on your own now. You really do on any story. Yeah. Uh, you know, the headline that they put out, if you don't read the article yourself or maybe read it from a couple of different news sources, you may completely miss everything. Well, that's, a, you know, the art of scanning an article. So that way you you should, you know, you get to the back 40 of that article as quickly as possible because that's usually where the real story <laughs> yes, is. Right. Okay. That's so Then true. go back and reread <laughs> the intro and be like, I don't think that's, yeah, that's the, so true. The yeah. way this headline worked is yeah. not what yeah. I just read. Yeah. Uh, anonymous source says Trump's practices, you know, satanic rituals is yeah. the headline. Yeah. Now 40 sentences in, maybe on the back page where you flip over to the yeah. other, yeah. then it says, well, this anonymous source is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. They, like they actually are just a random person on Twitter. <laughs> that's right. Somebody. Yeah, our anonymous source is a random person on Twitter. Yeah. So anyway, we're going to talk about some. I don't think there's any spin on these articles. I read them. They're pretty good. Um, I think they're quick reads. So we'll go through those when we get back. But let's go pay some bills. When we come back, we're going to have more Eye on Health after these words. All right. Welcome back. It's Eye on Health every Saturday from 10 to 11. That's right. We're talking about your health care. Yeah. And did you read the article that I sent you? You I did read not. all of Dr. O'Giles' articles, probably. I, I did, um, but these ones I just <laughs> received. So oh, uh, <laughs> that's my fault. My bad. Um, hey, this first article um, is going to touch on something that we've talked about before. When we've done the show for so many years, we <laughs> eventually you're going to touch on topics, and we have had studies. We have gone over studies that say this particular beverage may be good for you. Mm-hmm. Conversely, we have looked at studies that say this particular beverage may be bad for you. Mm-hmm. But before I get into that, let me tell you that this segment is going to be brought to to you by our friends at Kaleidoscope Coffee. From, <laughs> do you remember my friends? I that do, started this, I do. I just this think about com- that. This Craft Brew Coffee. Yep. Check out their website, craftbrewcoffee.com. Remember, it's, like a, it's, a, it's a completely different way of brewing coffee. It's like completely different. They use like the brewing techniques that you use for making beer. And they have applied it to making coffee. Yeah, when when you think about that, with so you know, with beer, you you have a lot of hops involved, things like that. And depending on the brew that you're looking at, the flavors and aromas there can make that brew bitter, or it can make it nice and smooth. And so, just like that with coffee, I you know, I imagine that you're going to get a nice smooth uh, when, yeah, coffee flavor. It's out of that. completely different. Yeah, it's different yeah. than anything you've probably tasted. It's Kaleidoscope Craft Brew Coffee. When we first previewed um, these friends a couple of weeks ago, maybe yeah. three weeks ago, yeah. they were at an event kind of sampling. Yeah, over in Belgium. I got a ton of good emails from people that actually went out and tried yeah. the samples that they were giving, said it was awesome, was great. So check them out. It is coffee. It is <laughs> non-alcoholic. It's yes, not, right. It's right. not an alcoholic right. coffee That's beverage. Right. It's, it's using it is, the principles yeah. of brewing, but there's no actual alcohol in it. <laughs> well, that's. I know some folks who you know have gotten into the coffee roasting and brewing you know scene, and there's a lot of similar in the passion. Yep. Between them and the microbrew folks, so I think bringing Absolutely. those two sides yep. together could be really. cool. It was a natural fit. So this is this this study that we're going to talk about, <laughs> whether my friends at Craft Brew Coffee know this or not, <laughs> is, is b- yep. brought to you by Cra- Kaleidoscope Craft Brew Coffee. What we're going to talk about, Eric, is uh, is number one is coffee safe for you? Yeah, and then how much is too much? Right. Yeah. Running a very large clinical trial here in the United States on the <laughs> right. mass I mean, usage of coffee. Yeah, I mean, the amount of coffee being consumed increases year over year over year. Yeah. One of the statistics I found interesting was that half 
of what they call young adults, that's 18 through 24, half of them consume coffee every day. When, when I think of coffee drinkers, I don't usually think of younger people like that, but I definitely, it's true. Yeah. It's definitely true. I see it in my own house. My kids drink coffee. I didn't, you know, when I got addicted to coffee, what was that? Medical school. I had to do 24 yeah. hour things. I didn't really like it. I thought it kind of smelled weird or whatever. And you got hooked on it. You're like, it, oh, it, it, my, my, my addiction started my first day in the morning show. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, sure. Like, oh, yeah. Well. So I don't really like this, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> we, that's right. I mean, Hey, it gives you a, it gives you, it's yeah. a pick me up, right? So we have done studies in the past on this show that show some coffee intake can actually help lower prostate cancer risk. It can help maintain brain health. It can even increase your lifespan. We have actually talked about various studies. Conversely, we talked about studies that showed too much coffee can actually increase your risk for cardiovascular events Mm -hmm. like heart attacks and Mm -hmm. strokes. Because if you think about what it is, the caffeine that's in it, it's a stimulant, Mm -hmm. right? And if you take too much of a stimulant, it gets your blood pressure up and get your heart rate up. And those things can be uh, increase your risk for having a cardiovascular event. So the question that these researchers asked, and this this, uh, study just came out, was how much is too much, right? Sure. If if almost all of us are drinking it every day, there's got to be a tipping point where if you drink this much, it's going to increase your risk. But before you get into how much is too much, you do need to understand that there is a there's a genetic variant that up until now I think we thought put certain uh, certain people at a, a higher risk if they had a certain genetic variant. Now you've done the DNA testing, the twenty three yeah. and Me, yeah. and mm-hmm. did you do all the health stuff with it and I all did. that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So all of these DNA tests will now run some of these known variants, and there's a variant called CYP. 1A2. And if you have the mutated version of that gene, you don't handle caffeine as well. In fact, you don't handle it to a... So not only do you not get get to enjoy coffee as much, but you're a mutant. (laughs) You are a mutant. This is your mutant power. The caffeine actually affects you much stronger. Yeah, yeah. It's like has a four times effect on you. Oh, really? Because if you don't have that genetic variant, you can can process caffeine four times as fast as someone who who does have that variant. I see. So it doesn't mean you can't drink it, but it may pack way more, more of a punch. So the going thought was, well, if you have this variation and you're not tolerating or processing the caffeine as quickly, for sure you're going to be at a higher risk. Okay, so keep that in the back of your mind. Do you have the the? I'm, I'm looking. I think this is the this is the right page on 23andMe, um, but it's just telling me how much coffee they think I consume. Yes, that's that's the one. That's uh, it. It says I'm I'm more likely to slightly drink more caffeine. Yeah, than and I, I was the same way. So yeah. that means you likely probably do not have the genetic variant. Got that's it. There. Got it. If you did, then they would say you're probably likely to consume. Oh yeah, less. it's a CYP1A2 gene. That yeah, is I'm it. Looking right. at it. Right there it is. So so again to just to summarize, if you have the normal. Uh, of that gene, um, which apparently I do and, and, and Eric does. So that means we're not X-Men. We're not mutants. We're not mutants. Yeah. If you do have the mutation, you can't handle caffeine as well. Mm. All that means is your mutant power. Like if you're on the team, the yeah. X-Men team, your mutant power is you only order the small coffee at Starbucks. So when you <laughs> take a five-hour energy, you're actually taking a 20-hour that's energy. Right, that's it. And that's what you need that's to be thinking right. there. Right. So suit up. <laughs> suit up if that's what you got. Anyway, what this study was going to look at is, okay, well, how much is too much? And then is there a difference between these genetic people? Because that was Mm -hmm. kind of the going, the theory. What they did, Eric, we've talked about power in studies before, right? Right. Right. We have talked about studies that were done on two mice, Mm -hmm. and they said that M&Ms cause cancer or something something crazy like that. 
that that study has no power. First of all, it wasn't even done on humans, and then it was done on like two mice, right? right? Remember, right. we, we talked. I do remember that. This study has a lot of power because do you know what they did? They went into the British health system, right? Sure. <laughs> the government health system. Yep. yep. And what have we talked about of these government health systems? Mm. They own all your data. They, they like own all it all. the electronic data. <laughs> yep. So one thing that's good from that is you can mine that data for studies. So sure. they looked at about 400,000 people. Um, over a certain period of time that had some sort of cardiovascular event to try to figure out if coffee intake uh, made a difference and if the gene made a difference. So spoiler alert, the gene does not make a difference in increasing your risk or decreasing your risk, I guess, for cardiovascular events. So even if you have the mutated gene that says you don't process caffeine as efficiently as someone who does, Mm -hmm. then uh, it still doesn't have a greater effect. What does have an, all, an effect is how many cups of coffee you drink, whether you have this gene or not. They found a certain number of coffee. Now, don't, don't read it. I see you're reading the article. Yeah. Well, yeah. Have you read it already? Which part? <laughs> the number. What's the I'm going to pretend like I didn't. Oh. <laughs> all right. If you had to guess, what would you say is like the number they say? That, that tips you over. Yeah. Um, I would have probably guessed somewhere around four or so. You that's, know? that's what I thought, but, too. Well, here's the, here's the thing. It depends. It all. What I was looking for in this article is what do they define as a cup? Okay, eight the, ounces. No, it's the amount of caffeine. The Starbucks you, thing I'm holding. It's, yeah, that's <laughs> that's large. Um, it was actually the amount of caffeine, right? Yeah. Um, there are some of these um, like espressos that are tiny as yep. far as volume goes, but they have a huge amount of caffeine. Right. They're, they're not really con- caring about the amount of volume you're consuming as a liquid. It's, how many it's that caffeine. caffeine. So they define one cup of coffee as 75 milligrams of caffeine. Sure. What that equals is a six-ounce cup of black coffee. Six ounces. A six-ounce so cup little. of black coffee, right. That's I drink so many of those. <laughs> <laughs> so right, so lock that yeah. in. We're talking about we're not talking about um, a tiny espresso shot yep. or that. It's the seventy five milligrams that matters. Yep. And if you're trying to think about this in more normal terms, that's a that's a one six ounce cup of coffee. Well, so you think so? I'm holding a large Starbucks cup here. Um, I'm going to say this is probably twenty ounces. Probably yeah, yeah, twenty ounces. Um, and this is my second one. <laughs> <laughs> but remember, that's now, not pure black coffee, right? There's no, it stuff. Is. Oh, it is. Pure yeah, black yeah, coffee. That's, that's what uh, I do. All right. Well, then let me tell you, because I'm cheap. <laughs> the cut. Uh, <laughs> the cut. That's true. He's a financial advisor. What do you say? Yeah. The the cutoff is six cups of coffee a day. Yeah. If you have consistently that seventh cup yep. of a six ounce black coffee a day, this study, which had a lot of power showed you definitely had an increased risk for cardiovascular events versus if you just had six or less. Well, I guess I'm s- cutting myself off. So. <laughs> so anyway, that was the number. The study has power. It's good. Um, it's on medical news today. It was actually all over the mainstream media. I saw it on TV. Um, interesting, though. Coffee's good for you, mm-hmm. but everything in moderation like we have probably talked about a yeah. thousand times here. All right, we got to go to break. When we come back, we're going to be doing more articles from this week's uh, media. Stay tuned for more Eye on Health after these words. All right, welcome back. It's Eye on Health every Saturday from 10 to 11 here on 97.1 FM News Talk. We're talking about your health, right? That's right. Six cup of coffee. Six cups of coffee. No more. I, I haven't had six. all six yet, so <laughs> I have not yet increased my cardiovascular risk for the day. <laughs> Very good. By the time we get to uh, ride at home with Rich, though. <laughs> That's when it kicks <laughs> in, yeah. right? All right. Well, hey, you've got your... EKG sensor on your Apple Watch. You can just make sure that you're not having a heart attack. Just, yeah, yeah. Just monitor it. I don't know if that's going to make me feel better or worse. Uh, 
Uh, right. If you know you're having one, yeah, yeah. I don't oh, know. Well, okay. uh, at least you'll know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Knowing is half the battle, apparently. So that was a pretty interesting article, though, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, and it had a lot of power. Well, it was it, talking it, about 400,000 people. That's not a small study. You know, you're, you're uh, a busy professional also doing this on the weekends. I mean, a lot going on, a lot of kids to take care Too of. Too many. Uh, are, are you a consistent coffee drinker? Oh, yeah. Every morning I have a cup of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting ready to pull it back. I, yeah, I don't know that I'll go to zero, yeah. but I've, I ebb and flow on my caffeine consumption, and I yeah. used to have a real strong habit of twice a year, go off all caffeine <laughs> just for like just for like a couple weeks, you know, just to do a reset and then ease my way back One in. One thing to be careful about with caffeine, especially if you're just going to quit cold turkey, it can cause headache flare-ups. Oh, I'm aware. Right, as yeah. you've probably experienced, so be careful with that. you got to prep yeah. what, uh, <laughs> what you're coming with. Yeah. yeah, if someone came to me like tomorrow and said, look, any coffee is bad. Sorry, yeah. man. Any coffee is bad. I'd be like, well, yeah. <laughs> sorry. you don't want to see <laughs> yeah, me. Right. Yeah. This is preferable to whatever you're going to tell me is going to yeah. happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I thought it was interesting. Look it up. Um, uh, it's on medical news today. You can probably Google it. It's all over. Hey, this uh, this article that I want to talk about is maybe a little bit more serious than this. Um, and this has come up recently. It's all over the news. And it's about the suicide rate for teen girls. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got teen girls in my house, so I'm very aware of this issue, that the suicide rate's going up. It's kind of scary. It's very scary. And there's been a couple of big studies done, one through the CDC, that found the rate of teenage suicide in girls, Mm -hmm. then they're saying between the age of 10 and 14, Wow. that rate has tripled in the last 15 years. That was from the CDC. Goodness gracious. And now another study that just came out um, in the Journal of the American Medical Association um, is also kind of confirming that, and they show that the rate for teenage girls ages 10 to 14, well, wait a minute, 10's not a teenager. Yeah. You're not a teenager till you're 13. 13, yeah. Look, fake news. There you go. Just throw the whole <laughs> <Okay>. thing out. <laughs> uh, the rate for girls between 10 and 14 is increasing by a clip of about 14% a year. What's very interesting is, even though the rate is increasing for boys in that same age group, mm-hmm it's not increasing by nearly the same amount. So in other words, mm. girls, are, are their, their rate's going faster than boys. Yeah. And I guess the question is, why? Yeah. Now, what, this stu- what neither study looked at from the CDC or the one in JAMA, neither one of them looked at cause. All right, it's just looking yeah. at simple rates. Right. But in this article that I pulled from NPR, <laughs> my, my favorite news source. I'm just, you no know. comment. <laughs> uh, right. Hey, I paid for it. There you go. Right? I yeah, paid for it. yeah. Do they ever put firewalls on NPR articles? Wouldn't that be funny? I'd uh, be yeah, like, yeah. Um, I'll just submit I'm my sorry. W-2 to you. Yeah, how about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. um, so, no, there's no firewall in this article. Um, confirmed CDC and the NPR art- or the GM article both confirmed that this rate is increasing. But they then they went and they, they start talking to, like, teenage psychologists to try to get an idea of – because these rates had been very, very steady yeah. – through even the mid-2000s, these rates had been steady. Sure. It was kind of an underlying steady rate, which is bad enough. But now that it's increasing, we've got to feel, okay, what has changed? Well, what is the biggest change that happened hmm, right around 2007 when this study was this done? This little uh, glass device called uh, an iPhone. iPhone. And along with the iPhone, All the explosion the of social media, right? Yep. And the apps and the the being addicted. It, um Every psychologist or psychiatrist or counselor that, that these studies talked to to try to figure out cause, every single one of them first pointed 
to this issue. The iPhone, or not just iPhones, the smartphone, shouldn't just demonize Apple, sure. smartphones with the social media apps. Yeah. And there's a couple of reasons why girls, uh, their rates rising more than boys. Number one, across all of these, these uh, professionals, they say that girls are greatly more affected by social media than boys. Mm -hmm. And I can absolutely attest to that because I have both teenage boys and teenage girls. The boys don't even care about their social media. Right. The girls are completely addicted to it. That yeah. is the true. I see it literally every day. And it also says girls are more likely to be cyber bullied on those social media apps that they are addicted to. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, oh, here's, here's this picture of this model who's, you know, probably 25 and all this. And here's your, you know, 13 or 14 year old daughter looking at her awkward body going through all these changes and like, you know, there's a direct comparison there. And I think that's why there's so much more cyber bullying of girls and, you know, teenage girls are mean, right? <laughs> it's, uh, I, can, I can think of few uh, categories of people in life that can be meaner than teenage girls when they want to be. When they want to be. Yeah. So social media is great in some aspects that it allows us to all yeah. communicate better, but of course it's going to amplify some of those negative effects. Right. Right? Uh, back in our day, if you're in high school and there's a group of mean girls picking on a girl, that happens in school at that time. Sure. There's no getting away from yeah. it now, right? Yeah. You get a group of mean girls picking on a girl, it's there 24-7 on their phone. You can't get away from it. Yeah. So the number one cause that, that all of these professionals are putting for the increased risk of increased rate of suicide, especially in girls more than boys, has to do with the phone and social media. You know, I, uh, you, you're a parent. I'm a parent. Uh, and as any parent, we love our children. Um, I don't know that uh, I'm personally qualified to be kind of a big assumption, but okay, yeah, yeah, all right. But right. I, you know, I don't know that I'm the personally qualified to be the uh, preeminence of parental advice <laughs> for everybody, given that my children are still relatively young. Let's see how they turn out first. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> Call me in about that, ten years, and we'll that see. That being yeah. said, because of this show and seeing what's happened in all these studies, um, there's a really important balance that parents have to strike with technology and social media and these items and introducing those things to your kids, and of course, you can take a hardline stance and try and shut off everything. But we've seen in previous generations with other topics, no. how well does that it work? work you know, it's right. like, oh, we're going to pretend like television doesn't exist <laughs> right. in this household. Right. Yeah. See how that goes for you. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, we've talked about a couple devices and tools that may already be in your home that you don't know about, one of which is the screen time uh, settings on devices. If you set up, with, if you have an Apple device, there's equivalent apps on the Android devices where the parent can manage the devices and set time limits as well as application access limits, as well as filtering for different websites. And so if you're trying to, you know, I'm not saying take a hardline stance, absolutely no device, no social media, uh, although you could convince me no social media might be <laughs> doing your kids a favor. Yeah. I mean, I don't get social media. I just don't get it. I don't under. I guess I just missed the whole thing with it. Yeah. So yeah, you're telling me no social media. I'm like, yeah, that seems like a reasonable idea, but it's, it's I guess it's not. Hey, one thing with screen time, before you're going to go and start limiting things, you can just look and see how many minutes they're spending on each individual app. That's right. You may not even know, right? Yeah. They're in their phone. You, you may not even be paying attention. Do you ask them what app you're in? Probably not. If you go to their screen time, it'll tell you 
And I guarantee you, for your kids, these social media apps are one, two, and three listed down. um, And you can see, oh my goodness, how many minutes per day they are spending on these. Then you can maybe set some limits, right? You know, the other thing that's, because I see this because we don't do social media, at least yet, in our house. And my kids are, you know, oldest is 10, so that's a little bit early for all that, or quite a bit early, in my opinion. Um, But they play all the, you know, the games. Well, then they engineer the games to where they get the kid where it's addicted, you know, and, and always wanting to spend real money to get fake money in the game which we don't allow that's right you know it's like no no we don't trade real money for (laughs) For fake fake money money, Uh, i I learned that once (laughs) so um talking to these counselors here they they almost all or they did all say that social media and smartphone access is, is probably leading the cause it's not just about bullying though we have talked about this when we've had experts in like uh, Ned Presnell in yep. about how um, these kids, their interactions are all digital. Yep. They they really don't have very many real intrapersonal rea- interactions. Yeah. And so what some of these medical professionals are saying is a real interpersonal, like real face-to-face re- uh, interactions actually help curb mental um, disorders. Yeah. Uh, if you're really starting to feel lonely or isolated – there's nothing better than literally talking to someone face to face, which has a much different impact than just texting with someone or right. Snapchatting with someone. And so, not only is it the cyberbullying, it's the amount of time that they spend on these devices and the on these apps, and then those become their interactions. They don't have any real world interactions. So when they hit a rough patch, they don't have anything they can fall back on. Yeah. And then the final way that they feel like smartphones. And these apps and all that are affecting them is going to have to do with a little bit of what we're going to talk about in the next segment, which is, and we've talked about this before, the blue light that comes from these devices definitely affects sleep patterns. So if you already have a teenager who's prone to be anxious or depressed, but they're getting so much light stimulation from their phones up until midnight, one in the morning, that's going to completely disrupt their sleep patterns. And that's only going to make them more anxious and more depressed. Hmm. So... Even though these studies did not prove any sort of cause and effect, they just looked at raw numbers, every professional they asked pointed to these problems as significant reasons why the rate is increasing. Hmm. And it didn't surprise me because we've had expert after expert come in the show and tell us the same thing. Well, talk about the screens themselves. And this is one thing that I, I, you know, to the extent it's buried somewhere in parental settings, I haven't found it. But the brightness of the screens, you know, the brightness on these displays has increased dramatically over year over year. And that's one of the features that makes it a better screen, right? Well, you know, whenever you have this bright glowing screen, turn down the brightness. I have to do that with my kids all the time. I'm like, go over there, slide down the brightness. I'm like, guys, it's your eyes, Okay. You know, you don't need to have the screen six inches up from your face sure. in full brightness. Right, yeah. And it's not just your eyes, although we're going to talk about yeah. that next next segment. It's the way it affects your circadian rhythms. Yep. And there is no denying that all this extra blue light coming in, especially later in the evening, especially <laughs> after 10 p.m. when they should be trying to wind down and go to bed, if they've got all that extra blue light coming in, it's going to be very hard for that kid to just set the phone down, close their eyes and drift off to sleep. So if they're already anxious or depressed or worried about something, feeling lonely and isolated, and they can't fall asleep because of the exposure to the blue light, it's only going to make those problems worse. So it's a compounding thing. They may be on social media getting cyberbullied by a group of mean girls and they Mm -hmm. can't get away from it. All of their interactions become digital or or, uh, or cyber and not real face-to-face. And so they don't have coping mechanisms to deal with problems. And then they're not getting any sleep. Hmm. It's a setup, you know, it's a, it's a perfect storm setup, and, and that's why they think the suicide rates are increasing. Is there a fix? I don't know. 
We shall see. Show the throw the phones in the ocean. I, I yeah, guess I don't yeah. know. I have no idea. Hey, we got we got, have to go to break here, Eric. When we come back, I do want to touch a little bit on this whole blue light phenomenon because quite literally, there was another article that just came out. Even though we talked about it seven years ago, uh, we've been Maybe. talking about it for seven years. Yeah, <laughs> um, an article just came out, so I want to touch on that when we come back. So stay tuned. We're going to have more eye on health after these words. All right, welcome back. It's Eye on Health. What a great day outside, huh? It's beautiful. This is what you want in way, May weather in St. Louis. Yes, it is. It's gorgeous. Global warming has kicked in, obviously. Yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that. We've only got 11 and a half years left. Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. Yeah. Well, Six months have gone by. And unless you're drinking more than six cups of coffee a day. Then in which case? Maybe. Yeah. Right. Hey, one of the things we touched on and a little bit in that last article was um, the effect of blue light from some of these devices that we have and yep. how it can affect your circadian rhythms. And uh, you and I and Dr. Ogile and yep. other eye experts that we've had in, we've talked about this for years and years as a potential problem. So it's real. Yep. Um, what just came out, though, is that France's version of the FDA, uh-huh. whatever that's called, the I can't pronounce it. Agency for Food, Environmental, and Occupational oh. Health and Safety. There you go. Or ANZIs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see you're a big monitor of ANZIs, right? I am, yes. <laughs> Whatever yes, they keep I mean, my eye on ANZIs. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so the French version of the FDA. <laughs> is there anything that we're like, you, you say, the French version of this is like better? Like, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. It's always a qualifier with some. <laughs> I guess maybe like uh, some sort of croissant. Fries. Yes. Oh, 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 there you go. <laughs> How did I miss that one? Yeah. Because like. Non fries, bread, bread, I yeah, guess. You yeah, got French bread. Well, I think you could make an argument that Italian bread in some ways is maybe superior, but but I, oh, get I think you, no, I, I but agree. I'm getting yeah. your point. Okay, yeah. I shouldn't make fun of it. But this is the French version of the FDA. They literally just put these guidelines out because these LED lights that we have all gone to, and apparently 60% of the market for lighting is now LED. Mm-hmm. And there's some good things about LED, right? It's way more energy efficient than the old incandescent bulbs that we used. But most of the time, these LED lights operate on a more blue spectrum. That's right. Versus the warm, you know, yellowish spectrum that we were kind of used to seeing. And so it's definitely a different way of seeing. Now, they have warm colored LED lights, but most of them, as I'm looking at the LED lights here in the studio. I just want to just set the table for the listener out there. I'm literally surrounded by LED screens. I've got seven, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of LEDs going on Plus overhead LED lighting. Yeah, if they ever come out and say LED causes cancer, we're in trouble, man, because this is like, we're like bathing in LED light. Yeah, we're in an LED tanning booth (laughs) right now. Uh, Um, but but we've all converted to it because of the energy efficiency. And like I said, in some ways it's good. But the the wavelength of light that's coming through there is definitely different than what our body is used to seeing. Um, it's more on the blue spectrum, and that's what triggers these problems with circadian rhythm, which we have talked about over and over again. So France's FDA finally comes out, and they're putting out guidelines, and they're saying absolutely, yes, it's true. They, they are recommending you limit your exposure to blue light, especially in the evening time, something Dr. Ogile has been telling us for years and years, but now France's FDA is apparently um, on board. Now, certain types of blue lights um, are more dangerous than others due to some filtering effect. Mm-hmm. And one thing they do say is that the blue light that's coming from monitors and cell phones is not nearly as harmful as just pure LED light that's coming from the bulbs. Yeah. 
from uh, headlights, yeah. um, from cer- certain toys, flashlights. Mm-hmm. So at least the blue light that's coming through some of these devices that we're using are yeah. at least somewhat filtered. You, you have to think that the, the technology will catch up with this issue. At some point, you like I mean, because well, remember, it, Apple somewhat did. Yeah, they did the blue light shift <laughs> right. feature in the iPhone. Um, the problem is we don't know how effective that is, right? right. Um, we don't know if that's truly going to help. Although it seems to be, if you're getting an LED light that's on the warmer spectrum, it's less bothersome. So I do think technology is somewhat catching up. Um, but the thing that the France's FDA came out and said, which was somewhat shocking to me, is they're also saying that that these things are actually harmful to the eyeball itself, to the retina. Sure. Um, and can cause early onset things like macular degeneration, yeah. um, which is kind of news to me. Now, they did, they did say that pure unfiltered LED light is way worse. Mm-hmm. So like just staring up into one of these bulbs right here, yeah. just staring at it. Like I'm doing right <laughs> like now. And I was yeah. doing it too. Yeah. <laughs> they say that is definitely worse than the ambient blue light that would be coming through your phone. So they did stratify it a little bit. But they're actually coming out and saying it's harmful to your eyes. And then the final thing that was really kind of a really surprising is remember we have talked about um, like glasses you can wear that have yep. a yellow tint, yep. or there's these um, films that you can like put over your computer monitor that have a yellow tint. France's FDA is saying they're not sure if those things are helping us or not. Back we just Jones, don't know. I, listen, for seven years. I've been walking around with these nerdy yellow glasses on because <laughs> hey, 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 you're blame telling me, me no. I, it's not doing anything. Don't good. blame me. I'm blame, blame France's FDA. I look like some 80s, like, <laughs> you know, out no. of style Hollywood guy walking around in my yellow shades. Let's not jump to any crazy conclusions yet. This is France's FDA, after all. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, it's interesting. In the article that I read, they interviewed a French ophthalmologist. Uh, and he he said uh, I don't I don't know about this. I, he said yeah. I believe the circadian rhythm thing. I think the science has proven that. But he said I'm not quite sure it's going to have effect on things like macular degeneration. So I don't think there's any true cause and sure. effect studies being done. But maybe they need to be done so we can know once well, and for all. You know, like uh, many of these large lifestyle studies that uh, we talked about in the caffeine one as well. You, what's the punchline? Yeah. Anything in moderation. moderation okay, yeah. so we're not saying LEDs are out there to you know kill you. Right. And it's just everything's going to fall apart. <laughs> but be be mindful that yeah, just yeah. be. We we have been talking about it for years and years. I hopefully listeners to the show would be aware of it. Hey, one more quick take home. One more uh, quick soundbite from that article that I forgot. One thing they did say that I absolutely do believe is that children are more susceptible to these effects. Whether it whether it is truly eye damage, but definitely the circadian rhythm problem. The reason they are more susceptible is the lens that's in their eye is crystal clear. It hasn't aged yet. You know, once you get into your late 30s, early 40s, your lens of your eye starts yep. to yellow. So, again, you're blocking out some of that just naturally, right? That was someone had a plan there. Yeah. Whoever made our eyeballs yeah, had right. a plan yeah. that we're going to filter out this. But kids, the, the lens in a kid is crystal clear. So France's FDA <laughs> does say that these effects are definitely worse in children because the lens in their eye is clear. And that does yeah. make sense to me. Well, you know, just being mindful that when you're raising kids, whenever you're involved in a kid's life, that handing them a device like a smartphone that's loaded with games and social media and applications that are z- designed by high paid engineers that are designing them to be addictive, <laughs> yes. okay? Just know what you're dealing with. Now, that doesn't mean you, you can't deal with it at all. There's a lot of things to teach your kids boundaries about in life, uh, but be mindful of that. And they're, they're made to be addictive. You're doing a favor to yep. your kid if you keep them from being addicted to those things and give them a chance at adulthood without all that hanging over them. 
Hey, you know, you could shoot like one of those NBC, um, the more you know commercials. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I need good. a G.I. Joe, you know, in yeah, the rainbow thing. Yeah. yeah, that was very good. Yeah, it's kind of touching. Yeah. yeah. All right, folks. I hope everyone has a great weekend. It looks gorgeous out there. Let's get outside and get active. Uh, tune in next week. Dr. Ogile is going to be a guest hosting. Also, stay tuned for On the Money. That's right. With Eric Beto Robert. I'll be, I'll be, <laughs> we'll be talking trade and the markets. Uh, just stick around for a few more minutes. Very good. All right, folks. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Baby, Get more at 971talk.com.